This is a special yeah. web class. No, this is the first one. This, this is the oh, lunch this break. Right. This is okay. the first lunch break. This is the lunch break. We're going to have to do this. Because we don't know how long we're going to have to do yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. But we didn't have a meetup. No meetup. That was terrible. That, that will be next week, though. We're not yeah, having that. Meetup. Not having That's going to be terrible. Yeah. yeah. Um, no so free drinks. No free drinks, even for me. What's the, uh, we won the group text earlier. What did y'all talk about the topic today, man? Um, the gap. No. Oh, okay. so Investing really the stock market versus real estate, especially right now. Yeah. Boom. Oh, that's now, I meant to tell you to look it up so you're going to look at the index and see the difference. While we stand real steady with ours at 8, 10, 12%, that thing is falling. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but no. Nah. Okay. So, about. all right. So, I think stock market is down. Last I looked, maybe 40%. From two to two and a half weeks ago. Okay. So housing values have not plummeted yet, but housing values don't have a don't have liquidity events like as frequent to know what's happening. Okay. You almost you got to track it like over a month, over a quarter, over like a time period. Okay. Over a year, whatever. So what's funny is once people started staying home from work last week. Yeah. One property in Northwest, I was telling Mark on the phone. Theresa Mark, I was telling Mark, I was like, man, we had on average about seven showings a week for right. one a day. Right. Once people start staying home, I got an influx of showing appointments, like three a day. Yeah. Right. But the general, the feeling is that it's still going to lag because the longer this progresses or the longer this goes on, yeah. You're going to see hourly workers start to get cut. Yep. Then you may see, I don't know how, like, private schools or charter schools are going because their semester will officially end. Yep. And then it may expedite their plans for some of their teachers that they didn't want to return yeah. next year. Yep. Yep. Then you're going to have small businesses. Yeah. Small businesses got 1099, non-employees, got W-2 employees, and got hourly. So then hourly probably get cut first. Then you're going to see maybe some of them W-2s. So that is going to start to train the buy pool. Okay. So keep going. Which is then going to impact the prices. Yeah. So it's only I think it's only going to be short term. I think we see China coming out of it. You know what I mean? So it's like it's inevitable that we come out of it. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. What's the after effect? Well, the after effect is that everything shoot it goes back up. Because right. these are not normal. Well, I mean immediate. So, we so, got, right, so right now. Like 45 days from now, what do you think it's going to look like? Well, it's like, so regardless of buyers versus sellers or inventory versus buyers, right? Right. Excuse me. It's going to be, if they shut down like land records and stuff like that, you just won't be able to close. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Period. Yeah. So it may not affect like the price. Right. But, but there will be no transactions. Right, right. And you know, one real estate transaction pays like oh, 20, 20 people. Yeah, no doubt. So as those 20 people start to get paid less and less, I mean, we've already seen some lenders in the commercial space that have said, we're not lending any money for 60 days. Wow. Some of the lenders we work with yeah. have capital partners who have said they're not yeah, they're not money. any money. Yeah. So then that affects the ability to lend. Then you're stuck with doing all the cash buyers, and are you really just going to 
I mean, the cash buyer pool is already very small compared to the pool as a whole. So from a value perspective, it may lag or maybe like on pause. It's like a blip, like boom, boom, we just kind of, we lost, we lost track of that plane in like 30 days and boom, we reappeared. But um, from the, where's your money and how is that doing? I mean, people took a pounding. Yeah. And if you was about to retire in June, July, August, you know, that's not, I mean, that's going to be, I mean, that's tough. So look, so the reason why I wanted to bring it up because I wanted to see the type of questions people had about how it would affect them, whether they own property, were they in the market to purchase property, if they're loan officers, realtors, or what have you, because I kind of have a, I kind of don't agree, and I'll okay. tell you why. So I, the first thing I did when all this started happening earlier this week, I looked up what is the difference in the market now versus when this happened in 08, okay. when it tanked in 08. Because this is the worst tank since the way. So what it is, is more people and more institutions are liquid. So yeah, you're right. The small business and even maybe the moderate-sized business, they're going to have a hard time holding employees for 30, 60 days with minimal income. Mm-hmm. But the larger institutions like the banks that really drive the economy, they got bread. And with the Fed lowering that rate, they can go get more money cheaper. So that was the one of the one things I really agree with what Trump said. He said we're gonna have to talk to the Fed and make sure they pumping the money out because we got it. Right. So by by putting us in that situation, that's why I think you're getting an influx of showings because people are saying, I know I can still get my loan. I mean, from a retail perspective, yeah. that end buyer, yeah. I haven't heard any indications on that money. Right. Stopping. Right. Now rates did go up though. Because what's an anomaly is even though the Fed came out at zero percent. That allows banks to borrow the money cheaper. Cheaper. Right. That's really not a indicator of mortgage rates. Okay. So what happens is when the market goes down, when the stock market goes down, most times people then look for safer investments. That's right. Humans do not. We are not really wired to buy low and sell high. That's right. We are wired to sell low and buy high. Yeah. Because we react, yeah. right? Yeah. So the market crashes, and what happens most times is people are like, oh, the market yeah. is crashing. Let me move my money yeah. to bonds. Yeah. Which then usually the bond market goes up. Stocks go down, bonds go up. Okay. When bonds go up, there's an inverse relationship between bonds and mortgage rates. Right. So when bonds go up, mortgage rates go down. Okay. Which is great. Right. This is a this is a case right now similar to 08, where stock market and bond market is taking a beat. That's me. Okay. So actually, mortgage rates in the last two weeks have gone up. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, but quantify that up, though. What does that mean? So what's, so let's say I'm going and buying a, a, a quarter million dollar house, like an average first time buying a house. Okay. <clears throat> What does that? What What does the payment look like for me now versus what it did a month ago? So, your payment a month ago may have been fifteen hundred. Okay. Taxes, insurance. Let's say sixteen. Let's say seventeen hundred. Okay. FHA, the mortgage insurance premium, yep. and stuff like that. Okay. Now with the rate, it's my understanding the rate has gone up 
probably like a little over a point and a quarter. Okay. So now you're looking at if you were borrowing two fifty, one point is twenty five hundred. Yeah, I'm just doing to me. I don't have a yeah, yeah, yeah. twenty five hundred. That's about two hundred a month. Yep. Okay. Over that thirty years. Yep. Yep. So let's just say you're paying two. Yeah, one seventy five, one eighty a month. Right. <clears throat> For somebody in a first time home buyer, that could be significant. Yeah. Yeah. No, nah, no doubt. It yeah. would be. Yeah. He was when we was stuck first time. <laughs> Yeah, two hundred bucks. That's yep. the Especially if your DTI was like right on the edge. Yeah, right. yep. yeah. that might have pushed you over. So whether you can afford it or not will be: can you qualify for it? Is the large portion. Mm -hmm. So, if if that's the case, how does this impact either the now second time home buyer, somebody that's trying to sell their house now, buy another house, and also the investor? who's renovated this house for the past six to 12 months, I'm ready to sell and this situation happens. Cause now you got two different types of sellers. How do they, how do they come? What do you think? So, they put them in combat? so it only impacts you if you had, if you had a, if, if you were locked in before this two weeks, say for 30 days, right. you're still good. Right. So it only impacts you. Locked in how? You mean from an interest rate? From right? interest rate. So if you at getting your loan, if you, Agreed to the loan, the rate they're yep. going to give you. Sign your disclosures. Cool. You locked in. Yeah. You probably had a 21, excuse me, a 30 day lock. Okay. So you just go to settlement. Yeah. Right. But if you are now looking to get pre qualified and you like, man, I'm pre qualified at right now, today at 225. Yeah. But everything I like is like 270. Yeah. You probably just got to wait a little bit. Okay. Okay, and so the person who's selling that 270, yeah, they still gonna have some bias if you got a good product because the people that were originally qualified at 320, they nailed down to 270, but they were still a viable buyer for your house anyway. Right. But you now given these opportunities, you now are, if you wait a little bit, you may be given an opportunity for somebody who just quite couldn't qualify right. based on today. Like if you're right. calling the lender today to get pre qualified, you, you, you would have been better served calling two weeks ago, mm -hmm. three weeks ago. Your pre-approval letter would have been different, right? Three weeks ago, and if you've been pre-approved since then, and you haven't won anything, you need to and you go hard on the border. You go hard now. Well, you're not locked in yet, yeah. So you was just pre-approved. So if you on the if you was on the border, you probably need to call your loan officer again, yeah, just to make sure. So hey, I know you pre-approved yeah. me at okay. three fifty, but am I still Back good? in February, yeah. am I still good? Am I still good yeah. at three fifty? Because we going out looking at houses. Yeah. I ain't at work. Yeah, yeah. So. You know, it's just a couple things. But if I'm the investor selling that house, you just gotta understand your pool might be a little smaller, right? And you just gotta wait. So that's the that's the question I'm thinking. I'm an investor, okay? I'm selling that same quarter million dollar house, and you saying that the rate went up, so somebody might have a two hundred dollar more a month payment. So that so that may you know minimize my pool. Is it worth me waiting? The 60, 90 days to sell? That's on your holding costs. Okay, know. so let me get there. So yeah. again, if I'm at two, if I'm selling at 250, we figure I'm all in around 180 or so, mm -hmm. right? So if I got you know a loan from us, that costs me a point a month, mm -hmm. roughly. So that's 18, two grand a month is my holding cost right mm -hmm. now. Let's say I staged it, that's another three grand. So it's gonna cost me five grand first month, two grand a month. So let's say nine thousand dollars. Is it worth me to spend nine thousand on my pocket over the next quarter, or do I drop the price that it, the the equal amount now? 
I, so I understand the question. I think it's a better question for the $600,000, $500,000, $600,000, $700,000 range. Okay. Because two fifty, dollars that $2,000, I would just hold tight. Okay. Yeah. But when your holding costs are five thousand dollars a month, or eight, or eight, or ten, <laughs> and you got ten up, it may, and you got ten, it may be worth it to drop the price, to increase your pool, to get it, to get it done. Okay. I mean, this we we living in some times, man, with the uncertainty. So we know what's certain, but there's still like uh, some gray over this over this whole COVID nineteen. It's like, you know, different things that happen. Right. So. Kelly just told me this morning that the first dog has died from Corona. I thought they said animals didn't get it. A lady who was recovering from it, her dog had it. Now the dog was old, it was like 17 years old. The dog is probably about 155. Yeah, I don't know. yeah. So, but that's like, if you saying they said dogs, animals couldn't get it, yeah. and now we got a dog that just had it, Maybe they got what it. else is going to mutate? What else yeah. is going to happen? Well, what if the dog had like sympathy for him? They watch, you know, like a uh, old married couple yeah, one passed, another one, 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 one like you know, a couple months later. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they say you died from a broken heart. Maybe the dog died from a broken heart. Maybe yeah. Yeah. they do that blood, that COVID in there. Yeah. I, I think that's that's crazy though, man, because that's one of the things that that the media is really promoting right now is that if you home alone, adopt a, a pet. Because they can't get it. Because you know, if you already in quarantine, you can get the shelter, right. different kennels, and all that. And, right. and so now it's crazy to hear that. I didn't. I didn't know about that one. So then she also says over the last week it was. You know, we talked about the first guy in PG nine. Yep. Then it was. She also shared with me that the first uh, birth of a baby with it. Yeah. Happened. Yeah. And so I was like. So you just don't know, man. Yeah. Like I don't think we at the peak yet. No. So it's like with all the uncertainty, it's like, man, if you can, if you can just dump something, I think you should just dump that part. Just dump it. Okay. So, so then I pose that question to you: small business owner, or several small businesses, real estate investor. You got holding costs out the yang right now. You got one property, couple properties on the market. Mm -hmm. You got a bunch of properties coming today, coming to market. Yeah. What do you want to? them on the market at prices that I think are aggressive. Okay. Aggressive to whose extent? To, to whose extent? To your buyers? Uh, to the buyer. Okay. Yeah. Right. But I think it'd be like, I won't necessarily say I'm going to do no-brainer prices. Right. But I'll be like, that's a good deal. Okay. That's a good deal. Like, if you were an agent, you would say, okay, I think that's it. Yeah. Even though you don't know what the trickle down is going to be, dog. It's like, if I have a loan with A, and A has gotten money from B, and B has somehow is affiliated with a bank and they got some spare money, but they like, we're not going this channel. So B not giving no more money to A. A might be like, no more loan extensions. Yeah. Or to get your draw, you got to do A, B, C, Andy. Whereas yeah, before no, you just had to do A, yeah. B. Oh, no, it's like that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. man, I got to. Because okay. you just don't know what the trick like, and then you talk to A, and even though you may have a good relationship, A may be like, man, B forcing my hand. Yeah, yeah. So it's like that's happening across the world. That, yeah. yeah. So I mean, if you got something, and I and I think it's still a good time to buy because it's still a good time to buy from my perspective because once something is developed, hopefully we on the other side of this. Thing. Yeah. 
Yeah, right. No doubt. But maybe as a new investor or an aspiring investor, anybody looking, it may be like, well, maybe I'm going to set myself up to have yeah. Probably like that. Yeah. So if I can't sell it, let me make sure I can rent it out with a management company that's gonna come. So it's funny, you you just took us right into what the real topic today is that gap. And I think that that is some of the questions, uh some of the questions that people would ask are how as a new real estate investor, even as a seasoned real estate investor. I'm hearing what you're saying. I'm getting some some education. I'm getting some knowledge. The news is freaking me out. How do we bridge the gap from what we think to what's actually happening? How do we bridge the gap from what we think? Give me an example so, of where, so, the, where it's a discrepancy. So I got with questions. Like, definitely, what can they do? Type them in the Facebook. Yeah, type them in, right? Type Instagram, in. whatever else. Yeah. Like that. My face. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are we tender? No. Nah, so, no, nah. we got some representatives. So let's say, for example, I, I go to a, whether it be a meetup, one, one of our meetups. Mm -hmm. Let's use us, because I don't want to put nobody on. Let's use us. Come one of our meetups, I hear all this great information. I hear about zoning. I hear about you know, real time. I hear about all this other stuff. But I still can't implement because I don't know what to do if I'm unable to sell later. Like you said something about multiple exit strategies. I'll sell that joint. Okay, so there you go. So so my point is, how do we, especially because we got weeks the most likely people won't be home, yep. kind of like give a, a rundown of why you should still invest, why you should still invest in yourself, your community, what, what's some different uh, aspects they can go about to, uh, to actually now begin some implementation because they got the knowledge, now they got the time. Now they got the time is not an yeah. excuse. So, no, so even money can't be no excuse as long as you got gas in that car. Mm -hmm. So what do I do? I, 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 like it's a bridge that I can't cross because I started, I got I got I got coronavirus over here in, in, in the middle, in the way between me and being a successful investor. How do you help me prepare for the mindset? To continue regardless of the season, so to speak. So, I'm, I'm personally I'm looking forward to like an all-out quarantine, okay. like no lie, and because there's so many things that I wanted to do. I mean, I'm getting into so many things that I wanted to do from a wholesale, from a cold call perspective. I got a, a class I bought that I want to take that I want to go through. Haven't had the time to yeah. go through the slides, and, yeah. you know, and really study it. And so I'm looking forward to it. It's like a forced. It's like a if if I, if I can't do it when I have no work responsibilities, like if if, if stuff can't go to closing mm -hmm. through refinances, through sales, yeah. even on the buying side, yeah, I can at least prospect. Yeah, right. Okay. So position. Yep. Position. So, if I'm if that's what I'm looking forward to, I don't know why anybody else wouldn't also. I mean, we're taking out the fact, you know, income wise. So we're just talking strictly from yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, just the opportunity. Time. If I have the time, I'm driving, looking for distress. Okay. Can't really do the probates unless it's online. Okay. But I'm definitely driving, and I'm definitely using the internet like a mug. And yeah. I am 
trying to track down every seller of every house that I even think could be for sale. <laughs> or the seller is out of town, the seller is absentee, the house is jacked up, and I'm trying to get in contact with them so that, and if they, and because they may be feeling the effects too, mm-hmm. and that may be an asset. They like, yeah, I got to unload that. Yeah. Right? My tenant was an hourly worker. Yeah. They're not paying their rent. Yeah. Right? So when they, if this thing, if you don't take a turn, you know, when the offices open up, I may have to be better. Yeah. I may have to, me being, having all the resources, maybe I can help them relocate find something. You know what I mean? So it's like a, I spoke to a seller the other day. He was like, man, I want to sell, but I got tenants. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, that's no problem. Like, your tenants, like, what type of tenants? He yeah. said they house yeah. tenants. And he was like, but I think they, they may want to move, but, you know, they may not. And so we just got to work with them. And I'm like, well, let me work with them. Yeah. Let me see if I can yeah, still help them get in a better situation. Yeah. So, so, so I guess so. Let me get their phone number. And I'm going to call them, introduce myself respectfully. And just give them the opportunity. You know what I mean? So for the person who has the time, they need to, the person who has the time, they need to get rid of, I mean, I don't want to sound cliche or like, like, I mean, they need to just do it. Like that. But do, so okay. Because you can go on. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Stay right there. Okay. So the point is position. You have to position yourself to take advantage of all of these opportunities now that you have this time. But you're saying just do it, but do what though? Like I understand you say you were prospect, you were you were exercising. You prospect for motivated sellers. There you go. There That's you what go. you gotta do. There you go. That's what real go. estate investing is really all about. Yep. Motivated sellers. There you go. There you go. Even if they are motivated, I can motivate them. Give them a little yeah. kick. Sure, maybe you are unaware how much this is really worth. Yeah, and I think so. So that so that's the key point to me is that value. I think that now a bunch of things should happen during this period of time. Number one, you should appreciate the people that you love and respect. Number two, you should find more value in yourself because you got time. Mm-hmm. I think people will also now realize how much time they already had when they said they didn't have any. Mm-hmm. And now is a time where you ain't got to worry about no money because nobody had no money. Yep. So it's no like we're all it's a, it's an even playing field. Yep. But the ones who are going to excel are going to be the ones that actually do, like you said, position themselves to just do it and find those motivated sellers. Now, let's let's give people some nuggets. How can they do that? How can they find the motivated sellers? Yep. So find that home. What, what are the signs of motivated sellers? I think is what you start with. What? Let me, let me preface it a little bit. Let me preface right. it. I'm at home. I got the internet. It's Comcast. I don't know if you knew it. Comcast, I mean, cable companies are giving the internet at discounted price, like $10 a month for, like, even those, like, the, the uh, low income. Okay. So everybody can afford oh, the internet great. right now. You that's know what great. I'm saying? Okay. okay. You're at home. You got the internet. You got your phone. Maybe you don't have a laptop, whatever. What do you, what do I do? I got access to the internet. I'm calling myself a real estate investor. I'm professional. How do I get started just my internet uh, accessible. And I have done nothing else? I ain't done nothing. Zero. Nothing. I, I, got, oh, some I, got, I got some knowledge. I got some education. You know, I've been to a course. I've been kind of I meet up. They, uh, they may be networking and stuff like that, but they've never actually purchased a property or put a contract on a property. Like, how do they 
They've never been talked to a seller. They don't know nothing. They live in a park. They don't know nothing about real estate except for what they learned in their different courses. They might even be new, a new realtor, for example. Like, what can they even do? Okay. So anybody, how can you prospect for business in this real estate investment industry given, given what's going on in the market right now? So first, I would educate myself in Louisville. How would you do that? I got a bunch of examples. YouTube University, biggerpockets.com, make real estate real. Like all of them, a lot of free. You yep. always say start with the free. Yep. Start with the free. Don't get a bunch of stuff. I mean, that's true. <laughs> but, but we're saying from your computer, not really the... Yeah, yeah. We, we do this podcast. That's true. That's true. We do as many, many podcasts. You're right. I do, I do have a problem with... We got questions. What's it called? We got questions? Yeah. Okay. Question is when wholesaling and looking for property, is there anything specific that you look for besides being distressed, like price, square footage? You go more towards foreclosures or auctions or just for sale by owners? So that, that's a good question. So that, that speaks right to what Reggie was saying. I interrupted him. What does a motivated seller look like? So that's a lot of symptoms of one right there. There you go. Foreclosure, auction. What else do you have on there? Uh, distressed property. Probate online, absentee owner. Absentee owner is a potential motivated seller. Um, what else we got? What else? Is there? Divorce. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, when we when I when I was a financial advisor, we always called that money in motion. Yeah. So somebody mm -hmm. had like a death in the family, mm -hmm. the real estate side that we programmed. Yep. Right. Um, divorce. Uh, and then we can get into a whole other thing about private funding, switching yeah. jobs, yep. all this other stuff. Just mm -hmm. talks about the money side of the investment. But I think that they, they have many resources right on the computer. We name three. And what I was going to say is I do have a problem, like, minimizing my slash our, like, value. Okay. Yeah. So I, need to, I do need to work on that. Um, but definitely. I mean, probably this week alone, I had like 20 coaching calls. Yeah. So, um, definitely. I mean, go to dcinvestllc.com and go to our services or, you know, what we do, something like that. Um, you'll see the different things that we have available for new investors. Uh, but this really, I never really think of these, uh, the webinar or the podcast, like a selling kind of thing. Yeah. But I always look at it just giving knowledge, but. Right, but that but that's how you yeah. get it. Cause because if you think about it, because we do a series, like our our meetup is a series, if you legitimately listened, yeah, every month for that two hours, January to December, there's no reason why you can't do a deal not doing anything else. Right. No reason why. Because you you're gonna know everything that there is to know about buying, selling, wholesaling, finding contractors. You know, uh, uh, purchasing materials, work uh, with, yeah, work with agents, uh, estimate repairs, all of that. Right. You get it all, and even if it's just at a high level, you get it all enough to say, "I'm confident enough I can go make an offer that's going to get ratified that I go." Right. That's true. That's true. So, all of those resources, some free, some paid. I would educate myself, and then I would just have a prospecting plan. Well, not necessarily marketing plan, but prospecting planning. What am I going? What who am I targeting, and how am I going to get the information? And how am I going to like implement that? Yeah. 
So, like, you can look up, uh, like, just point blank. You can go to, so Maryland, you can go, I think, to the taxation, Department of Assessments and Taxation website. Yeah, that's that. You can search a street. Yep. It'll tell you absentee owner or not. Yep. You take that data, then you can go to True People Search, search for phone numbers, then you can call them. Yeah, True People Search is free. True People, all of what I just said is free. That's great. So, say it again, say it again for the people. You can go to the department of, so this, I'm using Maryland as an example. But this applies to any jurisdiction. Yeah, you go to the Department of uh, Assessments and Taxation, SDAT. You can search for, you can go into the real property section, not the business section, and search for, um, you can look up a street, you can look up a specific address, or you can look up, say, just like a street. I don't know if you can get as broad as, say, just like a zip code, but you may. Take that data, port it over to Excel, copy it over to Excel, then you can go on True People Search and start searching for phone numbers. And from that SDAT data, you'll get the subject property address, the owner, and you can see if they're absentee. If they're absentee, get their mailing address, use that combination of the mailing address and the name in True People Search. If it's a company, just Google the company. They may have a website, call them. Might be a developer, call them. Might be a developer who needs to unload something. <clears throat> call them. Then go to True People Search, get that number. Then you start making your phone calls. All right. So, so and they have many scripts online too. And that's what I was about to get to. So, you, you've positioned yourself to take action. You, 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 let's say all you did was listen to this this live webcast, and uh, I'm now ready. I got this phone number. I'm about to, I'm ready to make a call. Yeah. What do I say? You introduce yourself. Okay. Ask them, did you catch them at a bad time? Yep. Right. And then you that. Ask them, did you catch them? Say hello, of course, the greeting. Make sure it's the person you want to talk to. After they catch you at a bad time, introduce yourself. Let them know who you are and what you do. And see how you can help them. And that's the key. Well, I'm a real estate investor. I do business in, we are offices in 20706. You know, I do a lot of business in Lanham in 20706. Uh, we're just reaching out to absentee owners to see, you know, if they're being adversely affected, you can use the corona. Yeah. I mean, big businesses. I, I turn on Netflix right there. Outbreak, Contagion, all these movies yeah. and that nobody would have never thought of. Except us. Yeah. <laughs> um, all these zombie movies, whatever. Right? Same thing. We're saying if you're being adversely affected and we're calling just to see if we can help. If you have issues with tenants, maybe, you know, yeah. something in there. Is this a property you're thinking about selling? You know, such and such. Then you just see what their circumstances are. You let people talk. People love to talk. People love to talk. Let them talk. They home by themselves right yep. now. Just asking questions. Yep. Just asking questions. Getting deep into the conversation. And then at the end, it's always, it's never, oh, well, I can offer you this. Yeah. It's always just, let me take all of that. And I'm going to go back to my team. You see, and I'm going to see what we can do for you. And I think that that's the part that people fear, man. That they think that the cold call legitimately has to be cold. Yeah. Like it has to be so direct. Hey, this is my name. Hey, I want to buy your house. Oh, not okay. Bye-bye. Like, right. No, it's not like that. It's, nope. It still goes right back to the first point of positioning. And if you position yourself with a potential seller to assist, yep. 
man, it's gonna go a long way. Yeah. It's almost like a, a thing that I always use when you when you tell somebody that you want to do something that you actually do it. Mm-hmm. Oh man, you got them for life. They on the hook. So that's the same thing. You got them talking. They ain't got no friends right now. They're in the house by themselves. And you call them and have a one hour conversation about whatever. And then you say, well, let me, I'll follow my team and then I'll give you a call back. And then you call them back and say, hey, here are the things we can do to help. It may not be buy their house. It might be reform a contractor. It might be reform, reform a realtor or none of the above, real estate related, but you now got a good contact. You can say, well, look, I had a good time talking to you. If you know of anybody in your neighborhood that may need my services, mm-hmm. please, man, I appreciate if you refer me. And then, you know, I can definitely look out for you somehow. Maybe I yep. can do something. Yep. So I think that's the thing. Like the cold calling to position yourself, it doesn't have to be so salesy. Nope. You know what I'm saying? And so cold. It can legitimately be, let me help you with your home in any way. And if I can't, I appreciate talking to you. Let's keep in contact. Mm-hmm. And then you follow up. Yep. Put that, like you said, in that spreadsheet. You highlight that individual in that spreadsheet. If somebody who wasn't ready to sell, didn't know anybody, but maybe 30 days later, you follow up just to say hi. Yep. Because that, because even right now, that conversation alone might get some people over their heads. It's about to go crazy. They've already been in the house for two weeks. A lot of mm-hmm. people are working on Yep. And I think with everything that's going on with the COVID-19, that they're just, people are more open yeah. to possibilities yeah. that they weren't before. Yep. You know, they had their job. They had their part-time. They had their rental income. They have maybe their spouse a second income. Yep. And two or three of those have kind of stopped, yeah, or are about to stop. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, what can I do? And so they may be more inclined to talk. Like, you know, you'll get, you'll get, still way more no's than yeses on yeah. anything. Even when you're trying, even when you are positioning it, like, if you have a need, I can potentially help. You. Yeah, you're still gonna get. Oh no, I'm good. Yeah, no, I'm good. I'm yeah. like, you know, don't call me no more. Yeah, put me on the. Don't I on the do not call this right? Being a person with no entity, I don't say it on camera. I don't, I don't care about what I call this. Yeah. I just call. But I'm and a, the people, go ahead. You, you, you disagree? No, no. I, I, I don't necessarily disagree, but I take it to another level. What I would do with those people, I would either door knock or I send them something. No, I mean, I, I mean, I don't check with do not call. No, this no, well, no. You, you, I mean, you, you should, you should, you should, but you, you, you prospecting not selling. You didn't get the information from somebody, so it's some little loopholes that allow you to still do that right. from a legal perspective. But what I'm saying is, if you get not just somebody from the do not call list, but if you get somebody who just don't want to talk, it may not have just been that day for you to talk to them. Mm-hmm. So reach them another way. Right. And and then follow up with them. Say, hey, you know, I sent you a piece of, I sent you a postcard. Postcards are cheaper than sending letters. Or I knocked on your door. I left a door hanger. Or or you know, I knock knock on the door and they come to the door. You know, talk to them. And then right. you go for then. The call may not be. Everybody may not be a cold call. Some may be warm. You may have to have a touch before you actually call those people. Probably right. like somebody trying to call us and tell us. Right. So or even offers. You know, we don't want to hear every day. Our phone ring all day every day. Or they, so, call, or they call Alex like they want a coaching call, but then try to sell me something. They put yeah. them on the calendar, but they try to sell me something. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Alex must have been hungry. I can't a, remember. I can't remember. He needed a milkshake or something. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so, all right. So now they position themselves. 
they prospecting, they, they make the call, they, they know what to say, and now it's COVID time, though. They can't make an appointment to go see the property. What do they do? Use all the resources at the computer still. Okay. Walk the house, look at the square footage. Um, you're not a realtor, try to use some other software. Well, if you can't walk down, you got to stay in the house. No, I, I meant, I, I meant. Walked out virtually? Walked out, walked the street virtually. My bad. So, how do you, how yeah. you do that? Google? Google what? Google got all that. Google Maps. Just Google. <laughs> I just Google the address. And they bring up the little thing and you click it. You want that, no and behold, you on the street. Right, you can turn, you can walk down the street. Like in Baltimore, I know when I like, Walking the street virtually, I'm looking at well, how many boarded up on that block, and how many what's the name of that picture? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I'm like, oh, this block is nice. This one just here, this one right here is just an anomaly. Yeah, right. So, um, Google, uh, Zillow, Redfin, all that, the tax records to get information on the square footage, how much above grade, below grade. Sometimes it'll tell you, I mean, bathrooms and bedrooms, but. Mm -hmm. That's not always accurate, um, but square footage is usually pretty accurate. Yeah. Look at the picture of the house, you know, et cetera. Look at comps on that, on those, on those. If you have a realtor buddy or realtor you work with, yeah. you call him. I got this address. I just got on the phone with the seller. Sounds like they may be a good one. Call us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what I was waiting on. Because we can help you dispose of it in a number of ways. Yeah. It could be doing a sign of contract. We might list it. We might be able to into the auction um and you can't think about it like wholesale or nothing yeah yeah how it's it's, it's almost just motivated selling that's all i need mm -hmm. motivated selling that's all i'm looking for and so even in that if you have i, I think that that is the real value point of any conversation as it relates to real estate investing and you touched on it if you get a motivated seller in your hands you got to keep them. Mm -hmm. You got to keep them. You got to engage them. You got to stay engaged. Don't let, don't miss the opportunity because of minimal uh, avenues, so to speak, to actually touch them. Like you said, you know, use all of your resources to get them committed. And then you can always reach out to the powers that be and help, they'll help you exercise your, your different options. Mm -hmm. um, okay. So now I decide. I like this deal. I did the Google Streets. I called my realtor buddy. It used to be listed some time ago, so I now seen the inside. I want to make the offer. What do I do? I want to make the offer. Yep. So now so I've identified that it's a potential assignment. Yes. Or, or whatever. I, I don't know. Remember, we're going to have different extra strategies. I don't know what I can do with it yet, but it's distressed. They're ready to sell. Okay. They're motivated. Let me get it under control. Yeah, there you go. So you have to prove to them that you can buy. Okay. You don't want to assume somebody is dumb. Okay. Or ignorant to, yep. you know, standard practices. So you need to get pre-approved. Not pre-approved. You need to have proof of funds. Okay. How do you get that? Through us, baby. All right. Ifinance.team. Ifinanceteam.com. Click apply now. You can get your own proof of funds. Okay. That one I will. I do remember. You, you teed it up, though. Yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah, so, sorry. So, I, I can prove that I can buy. So, now I'm having a different conversation now. We're going to turn the corner with the seller. We acquaint it. Say, hey, look, I'm going to um, email you. So, you got email you at home. Or even I can text you a picture. 
Mm-hmm. I just let let you know I, I have the money to purchase. Now what do I do? Make that offer. Make sure okay. I got some contingencies. There you go. So what does that mean? Contingency means even though we are under contract for me to purchase, if certain things don't go the way I need them to go, I can back out with no recourse by either party. Okay. I get my if I put up an earnest money, I can have get that back. Okay. All right. Now you speak something else. Earnest money. What is that? Earnest money is when you have a contract, you should have consideration. So it's kind of like my obligation. Like you are allowing me to purchase this, you know, 30 days from now with everything else in our contract. And here's my here's my give for that. Here's my here's the exchange. You displaying your earnestness. Yeah, displaying your earnestness. So, so how but how would I do that now? We got COVID in the air. How would I show you from a financial like how do we make this contract a contract by the exchange of monies being as though I'm I'm limited? Like, so you're gonna wire to a third party. Okay. Whether that's a real estate agent office who will accept it or the title company that you're gonna use to close yeah. the Okay. And then you would just show proof of that, whether it be yeah, an email confirmation, wire, wire confirmation. Email with the with a representative from that third party yeah. saying we received a wire. And reference the property. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, so cool. I'm earnest. I got contingencies. I make the offer. How much time do I need in that offer to be able to exercise the right options? So you want so, as much as possible. Okay. I mean, I've had I've had something under contract. The longest was like nine months. Okay. Before we had to go to settlement. Okay. Um, I remember another one we had under contract for like five months and we had like a 60 day feasibility study contingency period. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so you just, as long as possible, I guess standard would be 30 to 45 days to close, right. contingencies expire between. Seven twenty-one days. Okay, usually around like fourteen. So, but if it's a real good deal, that stuff is going to all be shortened. If the price you have it at is already like phenomenal, mm-hmm. all of those things are probably going to be reduced. So, reduce for what reason? I'm always thinking that the seller is is savvy, okay. and that no, and so they know they got a good product. They know they giving it to you at a good price. Okay. Yeah. And so they're like, well, I'm giving it to you at the price. You always say price or terms. Yeah. So the seller's going to be like, I gave you your price, but these are my terms. Now. Right. right. No contingency period. Right. Three days. Like, why are you AMD today? Yeah. You know, stuff like that. Yes. Yeah. So, but if so, if the price is like, this may be a good deal, I need to explore the exit strategies, you should be able to get your terms. Okay. And so once all of that is, you know, kind of wrapped up, like you said, then I'm going to do all of my due diligence and explore all of my different exit strategies and potential partners that I may work right. with, investors you may want to buy from me. Right. Okay. So last step, you figured out all the different terms that need to be in the contract. You verbally agree with the owner, purchase price. Again, you got something in your way. COVID. How do you get to their signature? Doctor sign. Because now people gonna think about it. They're gonna say, oh, wow. buy, people have bought houses 
uh, absentee buyers have bought houses, sight unseen, yeah. using DocuSign. They've closed remotely. Yeah. Now the closing, you're gonna have to have some interaction yeah. with, with another party with yeah. some type of notary, yeah, or title attorney or something. But uh, but yeah, all the way up to that point. I mean, the home inspector can go by itself. Mm-hmm. Appraiser can go by his or herself, yeah. and, and just send you the report, send you yeah. the findings. Yeah, yeah, yep. You know, you can go walk the property by yourself. Uh, you can still have all of your social distancing, yeah, with COVID, and still work on getting underwrite that deal and get it to close. So, as long as you got a letter on the back end, who's gonna lend that money? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, but then that goes to the time period that you put in the contract, right? Right. Because you know the sellers are wet. And that could be a contingency that's needed right now. Yeah. Under with the COVID, like if lenders are changing their guidelines, very similar to 08. That was yeah. also retail lenders. Yeah. It's like, oh, we used to do 100% first time home buying, yeah. and then tomorrow we don't. Yeah. Right. And so, especially in the subprime. So it's like, that need that may need to be a contingency right now during all of this craziness. Some type of modified financing contingency. Mm-hmm. Like if my lender just don't lend anymore. Yeah. And it's funny because uh, Aaron and I, we went up to Baltimore, I think two days ago, and the uh, uh, wholesaler on that deal, we had a conversation with him yesterday. He was like, man, I'm not really looking for a proof of funds. I'm looking for something saying your lender is still lending. Wow. Yeah. That's and true. that's what made me think about it. I was like, uh, he was like, I assume you qualify because yeah. you wouldn't have driven up here yeah. to look at it. Definitely wouldn't have came right? Just, just and so way. I just want to make sure whoever you, he was like, you know, can you get your money from all places, blah, blah, blah. It was more so he was doing his due diligence yeah. from that standpoint. And so that may need to be a contingency in contracts right now because you would hate to get to the ninth hour. And, you can't and then your lender is like weighing on the money. Right? Yeah. yeah. So what do we got it all together, they signed the contract, we've done inspections and everything. How do you determine because this is the next thing, this is when you check the box. If you go on wholesale, if you want rehab, if you want to do some level of renovation, refinance it, hold it, rent it out, or you want to walk away. Like because some people get so hardcore thinking, I gave I gave up this earnest money, I have to see this thing through, regardless of how good or bad it is. So how do you determine those exit strategies? Because one of the last exit days I can't do this. Like, what's your determining factor for each of those? So, wholesale first, uh, renovate and refinance to hold, mm-hmm. and rent out, uh, rehab, or walk away. So, from the wholesale perspective, it's all going to be on have I cultivated my buyers list? Do I already kind of know what buyer will like this property? Okay. Or what buyer may this property may be appealing to? Let me jump on now. So, what is your buyer's list? What does your buyer's list consist of? I hear buyer's list all the time, but I mean, you can have a bunch of people you met at meetups say they, they buy real estate and they never have. Like, what is your buyer's list? What is your buyer's list of people that have already closed on something in the past? So, that would be motivated buyers. Just like oh, yeah. motivated people that closed on something and have expressed a want, a desire to buy more stuff. Okay. They're not getting out of the business. All right. Okay. Yeah. Sure. So, but a lot of them are targeted. I only do business in this area. I only do business right. here. I only do business of this size and scale. I only yep. do business of this size and scale. Yep. So it's like, do I already know? And a lot of the 
great wholesalers that we know, or the ones that make a lot of money, they already know. I already know if I get this under contract, I'm calling them. Yeah, you know who I want. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> it's right in their wheelhouse. Yeah. So that's one thing. Do I already know or have, uh, do I feel as though I have a reasonable chance of selling this thing at a premium based on the price I got? Right. Especially once I've done all my stuff to try to get the price lower. Mm-hmm. Right. So I got the price as low as I can, and now I'm trying to move it. What's the reasonable expectation of moving it? I know how they underwrite deals. Yeah. So I've underwritten it like them to see that I still got a little space yep. to make some money. Yeah. That's the wholesale side. So and just how much time do I have? So, so I want to get them under contract while I'm still in my contingency. Yeah. Yep. So let's so let me clarify that. You basically want to, for the wholesale, a scenario where you can give somebody a good deal and you still make money. Oh, 100%. So they want to, you want to be, if we, and we got a question coming up, we just finished this. So you want to be in a position such that if I, I got this under contract, if I tack on, you know, send 15% of that contract amount, would I still be able to put you as the developer in a good position with a good deal? Right. right. Cool. What's the question? They asked, um, what's more important, having the motivated seller or having the motivated buyer? Which should they have in place first? Motivated seller. Seller all day. Seller all day. It's, 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 it's easy. You can reverse engineer and find a motivated buyer. You just go to all the rehab houses and you just drive and find out who's, whose house it is. They motivate. You go so, to a meetup. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you have a good deal, the buyers will come. They're going to always come. If you have a buyer, sellers may or may not come. Yeah. Yeah. You still got to find them. Yep. Yeah. 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 So um, I was about to ask you to ask the question. It's not your question. So number so so then number two. So that's the wholesale bro. Yep. Number two is I want to buy it, I want to renovate it, and I want to keep it. So I got to do inventory in my own resources. Okay. To see if I'm capable financially. Okay. Um, and from like a resource, like is it in my local market? Do I have like my team in place to do all of those things? Mm-hmm. Um, and if I do, because I've already underwritten them like a developer, yeah, I'm trying to wholesale. Okay, so um, naturally you're gonna start thinking about do you have the capabilities to do that? Yeah, and you'll see what they would have made, and you can tack on what you was trying to make as a wholesale as the total profit that you were making. You know, try to figure out if it's if it's worth doing. Would you? How do you know? Well. Do I need to renovate it the same way as I would if I was going to sell it? No, not at all. Well, so, it depends on the neighborhood. Okay. Depend on the neighborhood. Okay. So if you were going to sell, say, like, my dad got a townhouse condo in Hill Oaks. Yep. If you was going to sell that, you probably still don't need rent. You could probably sell it. Right. And whatever the last one sold for, yep. as long as it's nice and clean. Yeah. And no glaring, nothing wrong with it. Yeah, yeah. You walk in, you got laminate floors, you got, you know, shaker cabinets, you got, you know, peel and stick versus ceramic. Yeah. But it's nice, it's clean, it matches, it go together. Then you probably still get topped out. And that's yeah. the exact same way you'd have renovated if you were going to rent it out. Yeah. Okay. What's your question? Adam? Question: During the shutdown, what is the likelihood that the that contractors will continue working on projects? Oh, that's a good. Oh, that's a great question. So let me answer that. Uh, we working. We're working. If Home Depot is open, we open. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I heard I heard something earlier today about commercial constructions continuing because it can't just stop. I don't know what type of limitations. The only limitation that will be placed on the the residential development will be if the supply houses aren't available to provide material because the labor's there. Like everybody, they, they you know those guys, you know that's you know construction workers are, and I'm not saying this from a moral standpoint are. They might be the hourly people, but they even like one subset under as far as their necessities to earn money. Because they normally day to day, week to week. If I don't work, if I don't work, I don't get paid. And if I don't work, I really can't show my skill to continue to get paid. So so I know from me being the GC, we working. We are working right now. We're working tomorrow. Sunday, of course, is the day off. Monday, if it's a new day, um, we might risk <laughs> getting locked up or something. But right. if, the, if the stores are open and we can get material, they work. They work. And I, I don't see any stoppage of work. And like even past all the commercial sites, they work. Yeah, and then especially even from a homeowner standpoint, if somebody just has a house and they having a renovation done in their house, yeah. I mean, I think it's going to be busy. I did hear that some commercials did stop. Okay. Bigger projects stop or are stopping. Okay. Uh, over the next week or so, but that and that may be because of the amount of people there too. Amount of people, they probably like bigger businesses. Like yeah. I'm not sure. I, I don't want to say no names in case I'm wrong, but you know, big, big crane type, yeah. Yeah. you know, multi, multi, multi unit type stuff. And but I feel like from a perspective of regular general contractors, they self-employed. Yeah, gotta work. Gotta, gotta work. work to you know, work to eat. Yeah, yeah. All they live. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, and all the subs and all of that, I just can't see them going without work. Yeah, I mean that 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 right there could damage it even crazier because I think that'll take us back to away because that's when everything halted because nobody could afford it. Mm-hmm. Like that rate got so high, it was like I'm just going to charge to the game. So I hope that doesn't happen. Not just from a selfish standpoint, but even our affiliates and our friends and family yep. members because. We feed, I mean, from that business, so many people, like you said, one real estate transaction, you know, feeds 20 people. But if you think about it, it's way more than that it's because of the people that got it to that point to be sold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't even thinking about yeah. those people. Yeah, so, so I mean, hopefully, God willing, man, we'll still be able to work. Yeah. So, all right, so we figured out the wholesale route. We figured out the uh, renovation to refinance and hold route. But... Let me let me expand on that a little bit. So you said, depending on the neighborhood, we might not have to do as extensive renovation if we were to sell. Some we may be able to minimize it and still be able to sell mm-hmm. when we decide to refinance and rent. But how do you know that you're putting in the right level of effort so that you can hit the target value that you want? You so mean like the comps? Tell me. I don't okay. know. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't the know. Comps, one hundred percent. So if you look at the last three that sold and they all had granted countertops, you need granted countertops. Okay. Everything I said just went out the window. Okay. That's just a gut feel right. that I had for a neighborhood that I just pulled out there. Right. But if they all had granted, you need to do granted. Because yeah. you don't want to leave like nothing like, well, if I had did granted, yeah. I had a contract. Yeah, right. especially if it was $800. Yeah. Nothing like yep. crazy. Yep. And so, um, so you just got to take that into, into consideration. So it would be like one scope of work if you was going to buy it and hold it. Potentially another scope of work if you want to flip. Yeah. Not necessarily more attention to detail, but you're finishing. Yeah. 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 
All right, so we covered that. We know how to wholesale. We know how to buy, renovate, refinance, and rent, the whole bird process. Now it's number three. I want to flip it. Yeah, look at them resources. Real quick, someone just tuned in a couple minutes ago. They're asking to please recap what we're talking about today. What? <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about getting on your grind during this shutdown. Yep, and just and filling the gap. Like, we don't know, one may not know what to do due to the shutdown, may not know what to do as a real estate investor at all from the time they heard some information, whether it be from us or somebody else, to actually implementation. So it's filling the gap. Yeah. So you said, what was the last thing? One flip. Oh, you need to take inventory of your resources. Okay, what does that mean? Do I have enough money to buy it? Do I have enough money to constructive? Do I have enough money to hold on to it during all of this? Do I have a contingency? Can I get a loan for a big portion of that? Am I getting a loan for a big portion of that? The portion that I'm not getting a loan for, again, do I then have what I need yeah. for all of those things? How long were the comps on the market and did they sell and what do I need to do to make sure my scope of work lines up again? Do I have a GC that I've worked with and trust? Yeah. You know, okay, highly recommended and I have vetted them um, you know, not just their documents, but have I seen projects completed? Mm -hmm. Did they say? Yeah. Now, if the project looks, if the, if the, uh, if it looks good and it didn't sell, then that might not necessarily be the fault of the GC. Right. Really, I'm going there to see how the construction go, how what the finishes look like, how, how long it took. I think you skipped over one thing. You said, do I have enough money to buy it? Do I have enough money to renovate it? And do I have this other money, these other monies to basically maintain that process? But how do I determine if all of that is the right amount of money? Call it us. But, okay, what would you do? So let's say you want to sell for this, you buy it at this. How do you know you're in the right, right situation to do all of that? So... First one will be the seventy percent, right? The purchase plus rehab can be no more than seventy percent of what it's going to be worth. Okay, yep. that's the first rule. Of now, why is that important? Because it all speak. It, it definitely it speaks to both exit strategies, really. Because when you then go to refinance, you want to make sure you're in a financial situation with the property to try to recoup. All as much as the money you've put out as possible. Okay. And by sticking to that number, you'll be like very close. Okay. From a sales standpoint, you gotta make sure that you got profit. You know what I mean? We, that 30% takes into account a lot of other costs that you'll have plus your profit. Yeah. Okay. So you wanna, if, if once you go over that, you're starting to start to walk, the water starting to get a little murky. Okay. A little murky. So, um, yeah, 70% and, and then take it from there. Then you just, then you verify each dollar amount in the equation. Purchase price. So if you've done all you can do to get that money. So yep. then that's going to be, once that's solidified, that's a concept. Yeah. Right. Rehab amount. That's when you bet that contract, you get the bids, then you'll see that. Yeah. I mean, that'll end up being like a concept. Hopefully. I mean, you got your contingency just in case it's not. They all believe you've done all of your due diligence on what it's going to be worth based on what you know. Right. And you talk to some agents, you already see what the market is doing in that neighborhood, that type of unit, you've already figured out.
figured out what type of finishes, how this number will affect that number. And um, and if that if those numbers pan out, you probably get the number. So I think even doing that, you already summed up the last one, which is it's not a good deal. And that and let me sum that up. You know it's not a good deal when the numbers don't the numbers tell you that it's not. Mm-hmm. When you do your 70% rule and you see that you may be over 70% or you you actually you get it under the contract, you take the contractor there and the repairs are exponentially higher than what you assumed. Um, or if you're going to be running out of time. Mm-hmm. If you're running out of time, you got the motivated seller, but you can't find anybody that wants to buy that property. And when that's the case, property ain't no good. Yeah. Walk away. Do it within your constraints, though. Do it within, within your... Uh, 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 what's the word? Contingencies. Contingencies, so you don't have to worry about embarrassing yourself with the seller or uh, you know losing any of your earnest money. Like that's gonna right. be the real key is to making sure you operate within those constraints and you can't lose. Yeah. Yep. So I think, man, right there, man, we got A to Z. <laughs> Prospect, find, determine, exit strategy. If you want to do a deal, man, and I think if they're not ready, man, they know what the risk is. Yep, I agree. DC Invest LLC.com. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram at DC Invest LLC.com. Uh, what else we on? We're on LinkedIn. Yeah. LinkedIn. We're on LinkedIn. Yeah. We're on YouTube. You YouTube. We're on YouTube. Yeah. Search DC Invest. Tinder. Just. <laughs> well, I'm not. And then you might catch us running in the parking lot, exercising with the gym clothes. Right. Y'all did too. Yeah. I'm still waiting on our food. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but we, this was a lunch break. We thought we'd be eating. I know. I guess COVID got the drive. Reason they ain't go get it? Hey, nah, he lost. He got lost in the office. No comment, man. You didn't go get it? He really didn't go get the food. Yo, <laughs> <laughs> that was so, an hour ago. So, are we doing this next week? Yeah. So, this <laughs> as long as we're break, open, I, I, man. Listen. Yeah. But then when we close. We want to zone it. Yeah, we'll continue we'll to do this. Y'all got to figure this one out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so Alex will figure out how we're going to Zoom everybody and be back in contact next week, man. So, be <laughs> we blessed, man. We small business. I mean, I'm going to go. We all live out of the street. Well, it's two of y'all. Alex will be here. Oh, they no, close. They they're, close try, they're trying to kill us. Yo, David, your brother David's asking for a shirt. <laughs> he probably want an extra small. Yeah, he wants an extra small. He got to show my hand right now. <laughs> He always hangs out. I got a picture. Yeah, yeah. Gotta show my gun, man. <laughs> <laughs> He's extra large. He probably won. He probably take one of you. Which one? Yeah, do we want to do a contest yeah. while we still here for the shirt? Do it. What's the contest? I don't know. What's the contest? Somebody just make a mention of something in the comments, man. We got one, two, three, four, five shirts to give you away. So, All right, your favorite part. Tag us on a post talking about what you learned today. There you go. There you go. Yeah. And, and whoever can get tagged the most people to whoever follow can bring us. the food here. There you go. <laughs> All right. That's it. All right. Thanks, y'all. Thanks, y'all. For tuning in. Everybody got a dream. Listen to me. Everybody has a dream, but not everybody got a grind.